have a name. Why would you need one? Starbucks must be. I'm a fucking magician. Not the library story. It's our story. This story belongs to a lot more people than you think. What did you do? Minor Mender. And this is Catherine, your resident fin expert. And today I am with your benevolent god, Jasper. <laughs> oh, you're a benevolent god today. Oh, I meant to say malevolent. Sorry. <laughs> I am not good. So uh, for the uh, people, it has been two weeks. But for us, it's like been like, what, two, three months that we haven't recorded? It has been a while. Uh... Yeah, long time no see. Happy you're not dead. Uh, this recording will be in 2021, so we survive it. Woohoo! Yay! Or if we don't hear the voices of our ghosts, um, feel sad. So today we're talking about 408 uh, Home Improvement, which is uh, the episode where there's a quote that I want to get a tattoo of from Fen. So oh. I'll, I'll tell when it's time. I hope it's the Karate Kid uh, quote. Or uh, as I... I I, I wrote a, the egg episode because it's a neck episode. Egg episode. <laughs> um, I think it's starting now that the writer knows that Quentin is gonna go. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, like last episode was the statement of like Penny like setting things up, but I think from now on, uh, the show will have a weird turn and we have to take in mind that the writer most likely didn't know that the ending will be that like that <laughs> so that's why there are things we're gonna erase you know when you procrastinated on your final paper yeah the writing's kind of like how your final paper looked uh before we start the team is journey and i was wondering if you had a story about that oh boy not to sound like elliot here but becoming me was my greatest journey. Simply put, I was in a cult for several years. Uh, we won't go fully into that, but when I came out of it in 2015, I had no personality, which sounds like I'm oh, exaggerating. I am not. I had two emotions, which were nothing and angry. Mm -hmm. And... I didn't like, I didn't know how to like things without someone telling me that I was supposed to like it. And The Magicians was the first thing I found that I liked. Hmm. So a lot of my journey to now has been through The Magicians and the people I've met in the fandom. And, um... I felt like that was better than talking about cocaine addiction. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that shows also why, explain why you identify so much with Julia. Not that she was nothing, but she had to find herself uh, who she was without the thing that she used to think. Yeah, and what Julia had been doing before was the thing that people had told her she was supposed to do. You know, you're supposed yeah. to go to college and get a good job and you're supposed to do this, which is different, but the same. Yeah. 
Also, uh, semi-related to Journey, next month, which will, will be far past it when this airs, but next month will be my one-year sobriety. Which, honestly, don't diminish that. This is an amazing journey. Uh, but honestly, congratulations, just because I know it is hard. And um, it's going to be one year at the time of recording, so that by the time people will hear this, it's going to be done. But go on Twitter at Jasper Lior and tell them how proud you are, because it's, uh, it's hard, and especially addiction. Um, also in anniversaries, this is actually really important. The day we are recording this, two years ago on this date, I recorded my very first Valorians United podcast. Oh my god, really? Yes. Aww. Um, so before we continue with the, the journey of uh, this episode, let's do a 30 second recap, shall we? Okay, ready? Yes. Go. Uh, Fen is going on her quest and Margot is trying to hijack it, but she's still trying to help Fen. And at the end, Margot is like, yo, you can be yourself, but still don't be gullible. And Fen is like, oh my god, you're in, you, I'm in a dream and I, I'm at the Napster and I have to kill Margot, apparently. What? Uh, meanwhile, Alice is, is learning how to love her mom and her mom is like, I still love you even if you're a bitch. And uh, uh, Quentin and, and Co are getting a, an egg from Puppy, a uh, dragon egg, and they lick it and they are like... <laughs> And then uh, Julia is like, yo, it's not working for me. And Katie is reading porn the whole time. And uh, during that time, uh, they found about uh, the dragon porn and they give back the egg. That was, that was 12 seconds too much, but I accept it. Damn it! Because I make <laughs> the rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's mine. Ready? Yes. Uh, so Finn is on a quest to find out what her quest is going to be from the lady in her dreams with the with the cat who's a cat who's not a lizard. Margot has a lizard. Margot tries to hijack Finn's cat to figure out what her lizard means. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Alice's mom has got some real serious issues and needs to see like a magical therapist if those exist. No one is impressed with Pete. Uh, Pete thinks he's cool, but he's not. Everybody licks an egg. Julie is not affected by the egg, and P Quentin wants to be a dad again. And uh, Poppy's alive. <laughs> Yay! 31 seconds! Good! Way better than me. And this time we didn't forget about Alice. We did it! We remembered Alice! I have a lot I have a lot of feelings about Alice. I, I was kind of surprised that the definition of journey had not this kind of quested connotation that I thought it had. It's about a physical journey rather than a emotional. Self, yeah. Yeah. Uh but we're I think in this there's both, so that's good. English is dumb. Yeah. Um, who do you want to start? We have basically three plots. We have the egg plot, we have the Alice plot, and we have the fan plot. You want to start with the Alice plot? Yeah, sure. Um, well, let's start with uh, uh, Henry drinking, because, of course. Really? Henry drinking? But what I like is Henry is drinking while he, lets, he let Alice stand up for herself in front of Zelda. And we know that he asks about Alice every single time he saw Zelda in prison. So I think it was him giving Alice power back yeah. against Zelda. I like that. And, and, and he's he's also, he's making suggestions, but he's not dominating the conversation when he's like, and also bury Sheila's book. Yeah, like how um, I, I wrote, Henry teaches her how to use leverage properly. Yeah, but he's not overbearing about it. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you forgot that. It is teaching again and again, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, he's not being condescending. Alice softened the moment, like you see her being tense and on her guard in the moment Zelda a- a- announced that she's related to Harriet, she's Harriet's mom. Her shoulder drops and her guards drops. And I wanted to know what you think about that. I think initially Alice was thinking Zelda was doing this for the library. This is about the library. The library doesn't have this knowledge. So we need this knowledge. The library doesn't have it. So you have it. So give it to us. Instead, Zelda's like, I need this for me. Mm. To help me not... It's not about them. And I think it's the first time that Zelda showed that to other people than Henry. Because she even said to Alice, uh, I didn't know what I didn't know. Which is huge for Zelda. Yeah, Lord, her and her, she's been dedicated to the library for so long. That learning they're not the ultimate power, the ultimate knowledge. And uh, especially, especially that we know like Zelda from the... At this point, we know she's only on a quest of knowledge. So for her saying, hey, I might not know everything I thought I knew, because she's starting to have doubt about uh, the library. This is big. And we talked in the last episode about how important it is to admit when you don't know something, like Todd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we see Alice uh, go to her mom and they oh, have to do quick, this tale. There's one thing I wanted to point yes. out about Henry in this. When Henry is making deals with the library, none of them are for him. It's to help his students and to help Sheila, which to help Alice by helping Sheila. Huh. But asking for more ma- uh, magic per month for his students. Well, it's also for him because it's probably a hassle as a dean. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just thought that was cool with Henry. Yeah, uh, Alice has to go to see her mom so they do a mother-daughter spell. And my question is, why didn't Stephanie told her everything from the beginning? The whole plot would not have uh, have been happening. Uh, Calling on Carol. I think there are are a couple possibilities here. One, the idea of turning anyone into the library she thought would be offensive to Alice. Oh. Two, I think she would have thought Alice would see her as willing to turn someone in, even mm-hmm. her best friend. So I think she she didn't want she would not have turned in Alice and she didn't want Alice to think that she would. Yeah, I I wrote this question later, but I'm gonna ask you now, why did Stephanie turn in Carol? Voodoo dolls for fucking are still fucking voodoo dolls. <laughs> I love that line. Thank you, Judith. <laughs> Is it because uh, it's like kind of black magic-ish? Or, or um, Stephanie see the danger in voodoo dolls? I think she does see the danger in what Carol is doing. Um, and it could also be that Stephanie did want the reward for turning in a fugitive. But I, I feel like you know, if you'll make a voodoo doll for this, what says you won't make one for me or for this or whatever? Well, as she said, like you know that half of the half of the people that buy it from you are using to use it for their enemy. So maybe she, I think Stephanie just show herself by being chaotic neutral. 
or chaotic evil or a lawful evil anyway um in the sense that yes she's not perfect and she has more bad things than good things but when she sees something that wrong she will talk also um alice has a lot of enemies and if one of them got one of carol's voodoo dolls <gasps> still for protecting alice well because she saw what happened with the uh what's his name lamprey yeah yeah this oh. could be bad <laughs> Yeah. Um, have you noticed how white and crisp the house is? Like, we see we're, you, there's earth tone in all the other scenes, in all the other plot, but at, at Stephanie, it's super bright, super bright crisp, white. And, exposed, and overexposed. So, I have, what do you think about that? Generally, it, it denotes innocence or purity, kind of like uh, the where Penny was. Uh, it was yeah, but Stephanie over, is so. less than that. It she is, but think about how I always talk about Alice representing innocence. Mm. I think Stephanie has a little bit of that too, and I think also Stephanie wants to. Part of it is, it's not just bright and white and overexposed. It also doesn't look real. Oh, it looks like a magazine house. Yeah. So I think Stephanie wants this image of purity and especially you know. that like Daniel was a magician ar uh, architect, which means that they, they they did this their house in the book that was more obvious than in the I show. But love the book of Alice's house. They they change it changed all the time, um, which and sometimes yeah, and like. Sometimes Alice doesn't know where her her bedroom is, um, but I, I I like this idea of like the the white and the crispness meaning. Also, like in this episode, Stephanie is innocent of everything that Alice accuses her of. For once, <laughs> Stephanie's garden, too. Yes. I have a lot about Stephanie's flowers because Alice point Alice mentions you always cared more about your flowers. Mm-hmm. And looking at Stephanie's relationship with Alice, flowers need Stephanie no matter how old they get. Mm -hmm. They need her to take care of them so that they will mm -hmm. grow. And they never leave her. And if she takes care of them and loves them enough, they never die. Yeah. And I think she got obsessed with her garden after Charlie died. Oh, that would make sense. That would make sense. And I think it just got worse with Daniel being gone. Yeah, it's a coping um, mechanism. If this won't die if I love it enough. Yeah, and the flower that we see um, Stephanie taking care of is the flowers that uh, bloom in the drowned garden. It's the same type of flower, which is an, an orchid. I don't know. I know it. I don't. I didn't either. Is because someone asked me to draw a tattoo of that flower, so I discovered it. Orchid and orchids are really um, fragile. If you don't have the right water, the right like balance of pH and the right type of sun, it doesn't bloom. That's why like um um Alice like say, Oh, you need magic to do your flower because she doesn't believe her mom is able to make them bloom without magic. Which we learn in season five that she does. She loves her flowers, they're her coping mechanism. 
Yeah, but she doesn't use is the one thing we she doesn't a bit like Alice. And orchids represent love, luxury, beauty, and strength. She's telling that to her flower, but to Alice, like you're strong and you're beautiful and you have courage, you know? Well, she sees the flowers as her children, but her children that she can protect. Yeah, that's let her protect them. She tries so hard and she's bad at showing her emotions. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, even um, Alice is mad that uh, there's a counter for magic. And I like Stephanie's uh, uh, agreement of, like, the gas people have, like, take take stake of, like, how much gas I use, so... And they don't spy on me. But have you noticed how Alice is mad when um, her mom said that the library saved magic? And yet she doesn't tell her that it's not a library because she's going to have to admit that her friend saved the the magic while she's trying to destroy her. So she doesn't want to admit her wrongdoing here. She doesn't want Stephanie to have a reason to look down on her or to judge her or to Mm. whatever. Yeah, she's not able to admit weakness in front of her mom. That's that's been a big problem of hers, um, and that's why like the the spell doesn't work because it takes connection. But I like that Stephanie knows that she's not rattling on Alice, but Alice doesn't know that. So Stephanie knew from the beginning that Alice was the problem. Yeah, Stephanie is an interesting character. For so many reasons. Because on the one hand, yes, you're a terrible mother. On the other hand, you're not the worst. Do you think that uh, the spell would have worked if, if they didn't have this thing with Carol and the library and the meltdown? I think Carol needed to hear herself say, I care about you. You're the only thing I have. Because sometimes you make decision without knowing when you're doing it. Yeah, I think Alice really needed to hear that. And I think Stephanie does have a reason to worry, considering her son became a Niffin, and her yeah. daughter is became a Niffin also. But I think, like, Stephanie realized that she... Like, you see Stephanie break down when she said, you're all that I have. And I think she Stephanie realized why she was doing that as she was saying it. And I don't think Alice was the only reason why there was no connection. And maybe that's the part that Stephanie had to admit to herself, too. I think, I think, yeah, that sounds... She didn't realize how terrified she was of losing Alice because mm-hmm. she's been trying to ignore that because emotions are hard. Yeah. I mean, Stephanie knew how Alice would react the, the moment... Uh, the, the library, like, she went into attack mode and I'm going to accuse you because she knew her daughter, but that's why also she was trying so hard for Alice to leave. She has tried from the beginning to get Alice out of there because, not only because of Alice, how Alice would react, but because the library could have taken her. Well, that's the thing. I think, like, we think, oh, my God, that's because she doesn't like her. No, no, that's because she loves her that she does that. She just has a hard time showing it. Uh, and then we see we see Gavin, our friend Gavin, not wanting to do paperwork. But I just realized Gavin is like Penny. He doesn't want to work there. He hates it. You're doing the paperwork. Whatever. But I, I really think that Gavin was there against his will, a bit like Penny 40. Because 
um, the moment the library fell, he left. Okay, do you remember in Iron Man 3? I think it was Iron Man 3. I think it was Iron Man 2, actually. Anyway, the Mandalorian. When Tony Stark was, like, shooting all of the people, Three. and the one guy just drops his gun, he's like, I just work here. These people are all insane. Yes. That was Gavin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I, I don't believe in, in them that much. Like, bye. <laughs> I am just here for the paycheck. I would like to go home. Yeah. And uh, while Carol is, is doing a voodoo on sex doll to get Gavin and Mohammed away, um, well, Stephanie screams at her daughter to show her love, you know, as you do, and almost hit her. And af- it's after hitting her that she breaks down. Let's think on that. My thing is the way Alice flinched. This is not the first time this has happened. Do you think that seeing Alice flinch stopped her? I think Stephanie has probably followed through before mm. on hitting on hitting Alice. And I think seeing Alice afraid of her made her stop. Because she's like, I cannot lose her. Yeah, this is all I have. And you know what? If your only reason for not abusing your child is that that's all you have left, you shouldn't have children. Well, Stephanie should never have children, let's be real here. And then the boner squad happened, and uh, my copy, my uh, my TV froze at the moment where Gavin do a, a pleasure, and I died for like 20 minutes. <laughs> this show, where we take people down by jerking them off with voodoo dolls. Why did they let her go? Why did they let Carol go? Like, why did Stephanie decide, okay, go away, Stephanie? Is it because she saved Alice by doing that? At this point, turning Carol in, Carol could also turn Alice in. Yeah. And I think also um, Stephanie realized that loyalty is important. Even if your loyalty is to Carol. Yeah. Um, then we arrive in, uh, we are back in break bills where, uh, Dean Fox say, let's enjoy, uh, the good thing for, for the, once. and it just reminds me, something good. it reminds me in Doctor Who, in the episode, are you my mommy, where, uh, he say, this one, just this one, everyone lives, everyone lives, and it's after that, everyone dies after all this episode, I looked, so it, but it just reminds me of like that moment of like, it's, it's big on a depressive, an alcoholic, a depressive, a pessimistic like Henry to acknowledge, hey, something's good. Are we proposing that Dean Fogg is the doctor? Uh, <laughs> hmm. Uh, no, but what I'm saying is that even like he had this moment of like, hey, that's good. But the moment it, it stopped, he was like, there you go. And went for drinking. And that's what, what we were talking about, how the, the multiple timeline broke him. That's the exact... That's what happened. He is a broken man. Oh, yeah. Um, I was wondering out loud what uh, Seth was doing his work, his, his, uh, work while I was watching the episode. And I said, why do you think Sheila decided to go to the library? And he said, because Sheila is an ex-alcoholic and needed structure. She had the community, the, the, the church to make her... Uh, 
to remind her to do good. And now she has the community and the structure of the library and she can still do good. Well, this is the thing about addiction is you don't stop being an addict. You just get addicted to something else. That mm -hmm. and they're like, discover a higher power. My higher power, by the way, was George Carlin. Uh, for Sheila, finding a higher power, it was the library, something she could depend on. You give yourself over to your higher power, uh, which I always saw as I'm not taking responsibility for my addiction, but that's a whole different thing. But see, for me, I saw at, I'm talking as someone that has not, no addiction, so you can stop me at any time. But oh, in the book, they say that um, that's why like the AA is important and everything. You need a structure to follow through. Yes. Because it's, uh, otherwise, it's easier to relapse. That's what I'm saying is in AA or in... NA or whatever A you go to. Yeah, there's their higher. Yeah, whatever anonymous, except for that one anonymous. But see, I see the structure for her. Yes, the structure or AA is the library, but her bigger power is doing good. Through the library. because when Yeah, you but she was, doing good, she was doing good before. You would choose a higher power for doing good. Yes. You know, people choose God and through God do good. I chose George Carlin, and through George Carlin, was an asshole. I just have a way, chose, like, you know the meme, the, the brain? Yeah. The brain. Yeah. Because she Sheila, Sheila says to Alice, it's time to let me go. Sheila was Alice's structure for coming back. Holy shit! <laughs> she was. And I think Sheila's being selfish. And, I, and like, Sheila knew because she, probably she saw herself. Into someone needing something. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, Sheila feels like she's with the library, so that's good for her. Um, no, I think that also it's not Sheila's problem. I'm sorry. Sheila was kind of like, in, in the anonymous programs, you get a sponsor, who is someone yes. who is also going through addiction. Sheila was like Alice's sponsor. And if your sponsor one day is just like, no, you need to let me go but also it might be also your sponsor saying you're stronger than you think okay but you're also a former alcoholic so i don't think that you have the authority to speak on who is and who is not ready so you yeah. know what sponsor i'm gonna find a new sponsor and they're gonna be better and they're gonna be my real dad well we know what alan's gonna do oh my god it makes sense our, our, our thing is to turn to quentin and say let's go back to being together This is exactly why Sheila shouldn't have left. Honestly, because like the moment her sponsor, let's talk it like that, left, she went back to her old habit. Yeah. She's relapsing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's you, your sponsor can't just look at you and be like, nah, you're good. Um, excuse me, no, I am not. I am very not good, actually. But that we're gonna have to talk later, but Alice will refuse to go to help rebuild the library. Do you think it has because of that? It took think, Sheila from her? Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. I never thought of... Like, I love Sheila and I, was, I, I found her departure to be abrupt, but I love how you talk about it like she's a sponsor because we all... Like the whole fandom when the when what's going to happen in the future episode happened with Alice, everyone was like, what the fuck is like, she's going back to season one. She's relapsing. 
we should like read her into a relapse for the next few episodes, honestly. Um, I'm going to do that through an academic point of view. You can do that maybe through someone that lived it. And I'd be really interested to see how you see that. Well, they've always compared magic to a drug. Yeah. Because <gasps> we're having some epiphanies. Yeah. I feel like Dr. House 15 minutes before the episode ends. <laughs> Okay. Do you want to go in Fillory on, on Earth? Um, let's go on, on Earth because I feel like we have a lot to say about Finn. Yay! Um, <laughs> you know what? And also it, it fits with our current conversation of drugs when the monster's like, more drugs would help. But, but I mean, it's, it's not honest. a good morning, at America. <laughs> it is not a good morning, America. What would help? More drugs. More drugs would help the lack... Because... When you stop doing drugs, it's like, what will help? You know, when I've felt like this before, more drugs have helped. That's the thing, and I didn't know. Like, I knew the monster was in withdrawal and everything, but I didn't notice like the the the, the sweat that he had and everything. Like, oh, he had visible things. It was just not just hangover. He was in withdrawal. Yeah, and withdrawal sucks. <laughs> and yeah and then we see uh the hedge coming to the rescue with uh, kate like quentin saying like oh unless you have like a way to find something ancient and in a black market and you you i don't know if you can help and katie's like i, I can <laughs> also who did the monster have to kill there's someone on um... tv who's incurred my wrath goodbye Fox, Fox News anchors. Did you just kill a Fox News anchor? I'm okay with that. They're propaganda right now, so... I mean, yeah, but we don't kill people. Nah. And then Julia is... Uh, Julia... I love how Julia is putting boundary here. She's like, you do it. I'll help. I'm not staying near that guy. And it's kind of new because Julia is not known to put boundary on people. Shell, she straight up said Pete is untrustworthy and a creep. Well, because, and I think she see herself what she was when she met him. She was a junkie and he slept, he used her. And um, when she got kicked out of Marina's, she still like mm -hmm. talked to and relied to Pete. But when she had an actual mm -hmm. emergency, she called Marina and not Pete. Yeah. I'm interested in Pete because we know that he's going to stay. He's interesting, that guy. I like Pete's line where he's like, she made Lovelady sound lame. Well, it is. Have you seen yourself? You wear you wear that suit all the time and no one's making you. Exactly. Um, and I, I love how Pete is so excited to tell that dragons are real and they're like, oh yeah, I've met like three but of did them. did you know this? And I, yeah, he, no, we got. But what about this? Yeah, no, we got it. Maybe Love Lady is lame. No, but maybe I think he realized his power that he has as Love Lady over hedge witches might not work over people that have academic knowledge. But at the same time, they didn't learn in Break Bills that dragons are real. That's because they went on, like on quest and shit. It's kind of like how little kids think I'm really cool because. Me and the, the me and ten year old boys wear the exact same t shirt sometimes. 
because I shop in the children's section. And little kids think I'm super cool, and adults are like, wait, you don't, you don't actually understand taxes. This isn't a bit. You genuinely don't understand things. Yeah, I just, I think that Pete is, Pete is important for the hedge witches, but I think he just saw his limitation for the first time as Love Lady. Yeah. Like he had answers, but when like he had answers, answers that they needed. But when he tried to put his like dazzling, oh my god, the dragons are real, they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's where he saw, okay, with them, I have to be Pete the helpful and not love lady. He stopped being yeah. love lady at this point. He became Pete. Oh, which is so much worse. I don't know. I hate love lady, so I love Pete. um I Pete is actually one of my favorite characters. I, yeah, he's so interesting. What it, I need to know so much about Pete's life because then we go into this line where he says to Katie, "You saved my life, so we're not even." Like, Katie expects Pete to try to take advantage of her position. Pete's like, "No, I'm ride or die." But that's it. There's two things that I was thinking about. At first, Pete's are with. Um, Marina and saw how much she grows so I think Pete see her potential Pete is the proof to Katie that yes you can have friends but you need also loyalty we don't have to be friends for me to be loyal and that's 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 the difference I think because she has Julia for friendship and loyalty she has Quentin and the whole gang but when it, it needs I don't care about real friendship I just want like I want to be able to trust you. He's like, I'm your guy. You don't like to love me. And I think that's what Marina trusted Pete. Not because she liked him, but because he was loyal. Pete is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> In conclusion, Pete is a Hufflepuff. I think, too, in a, in a way, too, Pete... Mm-hmm. Feels like he needs to align himself with someone, and I, I keep wondering, like, why he and Marina Twenty Three aren't in communication. Well, Marina apparently. is not chasing power. Like they're not doing anything. She's not, and it makes me wonder: were they just coworkers, or were they friends at all, or is I think... Katie his first like? friend Fuck it because up. he almost had a friendship with julia yeah. I, I i think um pete peed about it made mistake with marina and tried to distance himself too much and he learned with love lady that contacts and talking to people can help so but he also know that katie is not the kind of lovey-dovey touchy people because he and he dealt with marina so he know how to handle those people let's be real yeah what do you think about Katie saying we, that they should give a blondie girl to the library? Because she blew up Modesto. Yeah, I like that Pete stopped her. Because I think it sounded like something Marina mm-hmm. would do. Because I kind of agree with uh, Katie. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, though. Because that's handing over someone if handing over someone to your enemy does not make you the good guy yeah. I, I can see that and you're right 
But I also, because of her, the whole tracking thing happened. It did, but I feel like these are conflicts that should be handled internally. I just had the, I don't know why this sentence just popped in my head, but um, Marina, uh, Marina, Katie's trying to, cu- to cure the symptoms and Pete is reminding her of the disease. Yes, that's why handing yeah. her over would not help. Yep. Um, Julia then opens up at, to Penny 23 about like, oh, um, Shoshana's dead. I just changed my mind about um, it sounded too Marina to Pete because Marina would handle conflicts internally. Like when Julia told oh. break bills, when they were at break bills right before she got kicked out. Marina ha- didn't hand Julia over to break bills. She so do you think he went? He went with what? What Marina do? Ah. Yeah, I like that. Like it or not, you are for- like you are shaped by your former bosses. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Ju- <laughs> and then uh, Julia opens up about like how she feels to Penny Twenty Three and. That's the beginning of Julia being interested in Penny 23. Um, and I was like, I, I don't understand why she doesn't go to Q, but Q is not in a state right now to listen to her. Like, the thing is going to listen to her and say, oh, that sucks, but it's not there. For, it cannot be there for her. And I think she's going to end up falling for Penny because Penny is the only one that's there for her. That is not like Katie because Katie is like still grieving about her friend and she's giving her like space to... Uh, before asking her out, you know? Penny23 is the only one who is capable of listening. Because Penny23, even though all this shit's going on, this is this is a pretty good time for him because not everyone is dead. In the end, yeah. Honestly, I think that's what makes him um, a bit more uh, grounded than the others. Yeah, he's been through some in the end, shit. Yeah, okay, it sucks, but you're still alive. And that's why I think he handled Katie so poorly. Yeah, to P23, this is not the worst <laughs> possible outcome. Do you think that the Katie's anger was justified? Uh, I wrote down, Katie didn't need that message. It means nothing to her. It does not in any way better her life. It does not. Yeah, because now it's... Oh, it did it because she was getting over it. She was moving on. She was doing her own thing. And then having a message from the dead, it's like that the ways that could go wrong, that's when people start breaking out the Ouija board and summoning um, demons. Penny did it. I'm just pulling that out of my ass, but maybe he did it because that's what he would have wanted. He would have wanted one last message with Julia. Yeah. And then we are going to Herald the Herald. I love him. My name is Herald. Herald. Um, And I love how confident Q is when he saw the the, the dart. And how hot it is. Why confident Q is hot? Okay. I had to read. Yeah. Y'all like any any scrawny white boy with fluffy (laughs) hair, huh? But like he's like, oh yeah, we got this, and even Julia's like, we we do okay, okay. But the moment he the moment he say, oh, when Quentin does that, Julia's like, wait, that's my line. Is this what it's like to be you with yeah. me all the time? Just oh, we're doing but some crazy also, shit like, now. But also like when he say like, oh, that's from Fillory. She's like, oh okay, and she felt like no question needed, nothing. Okay, I'm trusting you. Fillory is your shit. Well, I mean, 
that's Quentin's special interest. If you if you said, "Oh, this is a this is a, a Quebec thing," I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah probably." I don't. Well, ha- I don't Julia know enough. To... in Fillory, but she didn't live there. Also, I did just yes. compare Quebec to Fillory. I gotta go find dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we we see back Poppy, who is described as a dragon obsessed crazy person. Yeah, yeah. But I, I yeah, you're right. You're right. But I she used her pregnancy to throw off Q out of like the his, his quest. I'm gonna put that in, in quotation. And Papa Q come back. I always wrote down, Poppy doesn't know what she's doing because Quentin remembers being a father. And now he has a chance to get, it's not getting the life he had back, but it's almost getting a piece of it back. Well, we know he's going to go dragon crazy, but I think the care he had over how he took care of um, Poppy is how he took care of Ariel, probably. Yeah, he's, he's not the Quentin... From this timeline. He's Quentin. Was I Quentin yeah. came back? Yeah, it was the Quentin mm-hmm. from, from Fillory. Quentin who had a life with Elliot. Quentin who was a father. Quentin who mm-hmm. had a family. He can have a yeah, family Yeah, the thing again. is, he's going to go uh, magic brain dragon egg. But he, he also just yeah. lost his father. So... He does. He doesn't have a biological mm-hmm. family anymore. I guess he has his mother, but she yeah. seems like a bad person. Uh, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we have the dragon porn comic. I just want to shout out uh, Christina Strain, the, the 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 artist and writer that did that. Amazing! They had to censor the dick. Congratulations. Can we make can we make our um like little tagline preview? Uh fuck yeah, Christina's doing yeah, for that dragon yeah, porn. Because yeah, uh wow. Um I love how the uh You sure did draw and the I love that picks. like instead of just saying it, they're showing it. Like, yeah, we win there. Yeah, we win there. <laughs> we this show is weird. Y'all, did you think you were signing up for Dragon Dicks? You got Dragon Dicks. This is also the second time a graphic novel has been important oh. this season. So, mm. and then, wait, this was season three? So this was right, this was like right when the graphic novel came out? Let me look. Of the Magicians? Uh, Alice, a story? Yeah, look that up. Uh, 2019. So it was probably in um, happening in the oven, like we say. So yeah, it was happening at the same time. So let's go back to uh, Dragon's Dick. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about the reaction, the vivid reaction Penny has to uh, touching semen? I mean, I get it. <laughs> okay, I have the same reaction. If I was holding a jar and you're like, yeah, that had that had jizz in it, I would yeah. also run and be like, and you just let me touch but then, it. But uh, Poppy is saying like, "Oh yeah, I uh, be <laughs> how you say a bakey." But fun fact: I know people myself. that did that and have children. Um, <laughs> fun fact: gross. Well, your healthcare is fucking expensive. So, um, why did Poppy con- uh, kept lying? 
It, it was a lie over a lie, basically. Well, I think it made her feel good when Quentin started helping her. And well, Quentin knew about her. that it, it wasn't... Yeah, but I think it made her feel good. And um, I love uh, how... Um... When they're 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 talking about that, um, <laughs> uh, Katie say, "Don't king shame." I just I I love that. You go, Katie. Uh, I had a moment when Penny told him that egg, and he's like, "Why do I want to lick it?" Like that is an ADHD thing, and we know Penny has. Well, it's pheromones. That's what she says. And it's- I I related it to there's an ADHD thing where you're you're holding something and you're like I don't know I put I don't know why. Well, have I you noticed where mouth. the egg is when they find it? It's in that's the where the little, fairy eggs um, were. Cover. That's just eggs. where you hide. But eggs, I, I I like I the parallel there because basically they stole an egg too to have leverage. This time Poppy it was not for leverage, but I just like the parallel of like stolen good of. Using someone else's bait. Stolen eggs? Well, and like stealing a species baby. Not your species. We don't know if they've ever put a human baby in there. All we know is when they have Easter egg hunts, the eggs I are also all love the uh, that the um, one of the people in the show kept some of the uh, fairy eggs and uh, painted them and kept them for uh, Easter. And that creepy. is adorable. Can we talk about Falcor? Naming your kid Falcor, Quentin? We're not naming our baby but Falcor. I was like, really? But then I remember he called his child Rupert. I mean, it's Quentin. And Poppy names it Draco. And then Julia will... I love how Julia plays with the... the like, Penny just like, and he's all firm on And Julia is like, oh, me too. Uh, bye-bye! Ah, <laughs> jokes on you. I'm Julia. I wrote down, we all horny yeah. for Katie. And we were talking how, like, early, early, early in the, in the season, how she uh when he, she was sam she says oh uh marina is the, not the only one with the glock and we were like haha that's funny because magic well this time glock beats magic look gun will and always i, I like how magic. they have this chekhov gun because it, it's like a thing from season one and in the book i just i just like it uh blah, 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 blah. so while this is happening and we are they, they're taking the baby hostage um, what is happening with um, Alice is like, oh, she locked herself in the house. And Gavin is saying like, oh, yeah, maybe Alice, uh, well, Carol is taking her hostage. So there's like this double hostage situation happening at the same time that I really like. Everyone's a hostage. Exactly. Um, and then uh, they meet the dragon. Who is curious about Julia? She's like, wait, yeah, why don't you react? Why doesn't it work on you? And it's the first time we see... Why are you special? Well, why... Like, the thing is, it's the first time that we see a dragon not center on themselves. Well, humans are interesting. They're not Yeah, no, but, like, it, all, all the all the dragon was, like, for self-interest. It was the first time that, she, that, that we see a dragon asking a question that will not give them something in the end. 
I think for the most part, like, humans are just uninteresting to dragons. Like, we get it. You got legs, whatever. Julia did something that the dragon had never seen before. Oh, that's interesting. Like, it's like an outlier in a scientist, uh, in the science experiment. Like, what? Why does that? You don't fit in with my worldview. What the fuck? <laughs> um, and then uh, while everyone is having an egg and over, um, <laughs> uh, Julia um, opened for the second time to Penny 23 because everyone is knocked out. And I think that's the moment where Julia connects that she can talk to Penny. And even when he's like having an egg hangover, he's going to listen. I wrote down, uh, Penny cares about Julia, not if Julia is useful. Yeah, I, I'm just sad because um, she values her magic as her, and it's just, my therapist two days ago told me, why do you feel that your productivity is linked to your usefulness? And he punched me in the face, like, ouch, you're right. And that's how my, um, Julia sees her magic with her usefulness. Yet, her, her not having magic was the most useful. Our therapist should have a drink together. <laughs> They're not allowed. Um, and a lot to talk about. Can we? Okay. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, can I rant about Poppy suddenly having a mother instinct? Go for it. Fuck that. Fuck woman deciding, no, I don't want a children. And suddenly, oh my God, I want a children. Fuck that. Fuck a narrative that the woman, a woman wants a kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck that. And fuck, but that's because I lost one. Fuck you. A woman can bear a child and decide not to want it. Also, I was kind of upset that she's like, I forgot to have an abortion. Fuck you. And it, it, it bothers me a lot because like, there was, there was a time in my life I was I was pregnant. I miscarried a baby. And it wasn't losing it that bothered me. It was the fact that I didn't have a choice in whether or not I lost it or had it. That's what bothered me. And I don't like the idea of if you don't get rid of it, you're going to, to love it. Um, it just... There's this story that I just read yesterday of a woman that wanted, that got pregnant, wanted to abort. The guy said, I don't want you to abort. So she continued to have it. And the moment she got the baby, she gave full parental leave to the, 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 the guy uh, and refused, like, re basically refused the motherhood, gave him all the rights. If, if the guy meets another woman, she can adopt him, no problem. She paid a hundred and fifty percent the parental, uh, like due that she she owes him. Yeah, and the guy was like, "I cannot believe she's abandoning her child." I thought like when she will have it, she will like love it and blah blah blah. Oh, guess what, dude? It's not your choice. Funny Isn't enough, he's, he's complaining it. about being a single father now. I don't know. I felt I like that Poppy says like, "No, this is not a life for me. For me to have a baby." Because that's fine. You're allowed to say that. I I just I was happy that there even if I don't like Poppy, I was like, okay, at least she's self affirming. But the moment oh now I want my baby and even Quentin's like, Are you sure you should sleep on that? And she's like, No, no, I'm fine. 
like Quentin knows that this is a bad idea. And I think that's Papa Q think, talking there because you know what it is to be a single parent. <laughs> I'm also at this age where I'm still confused by my friends like having babies. One of my friends was like, I'm pregnant. I go, shit, what are you going to do? And she goes, well, Jasper, since I've been married for three years and have been trying to have a baby. Yeah, I'm like, I was already calling up Planned Parenthood, bro. No, it's, uh, yeah, societal pressure. Um, But why doesn't Q bring up Rupert? The fact that he was a dad. I don't, I think he, both it it will make him sad. He's already sad. He's always sad. He's Quentin. That was Penny. That was Penny's voice. He's always sad. <laughs> um, I don't think he wants to feel like he's influencing her decision with his experience. I just had the thought that maybe he doesn't want to share that with her. I mean, she has done nothing positive for him. Yeah, but I think like even say like do you want to be a dad and he's like yeah but his yeah was like i was one bitch yeah i think the mosaic is not something he talked to everyone it's hard to share like especially when we know that like julia yeah especially when we know now that elliot rejected him yeah and also i if he tells somebody about it they'll think that's his whole reason for wanting to save elliot Mm. I'm sad now. I'm always sad. Let's go to Fillory. Hey! <laughs> the magician's response to being sad. Um, have you noticed that she wore the same dark, like, deep pink uh, that when she was saving the fairies? I wrote down that pink is her um, badass color. Yeah. And I like, I love that because pink is my favorite color. Me too. I love pink. I love everything in pink. I want the world to be pink because for so long, everyone's like, ew, pink is for girls. Pink is a baby color. Pink is for little baby girls. No, it's not. Well, first pink was, uh, was a boy color until World War Two. Until World War Two, when uh, uh, Hitler made it wear to Jews, and it became a bad thing, just so you know, uh, and it was associated with women. But I, I, I love that she claimed the pink because uh, we see that as a weak. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's seen as a baby girl. You're, you're a lady color, and Finn is very much into her femininity. Yes. So to bring that femininity into battle because even Margot didn't do that and what I love is that she um she also this is the episode where Finn decided to be a hero basically uh and um Brittany Curran said that and I I think I've told the story of like when the show finished she said what I loved about Finn was that she was born to be a sidekick and she decided to become a, a hero and this is the yes. episode, like, I, I, I watched this episode through that lens, and I was like, oh, this is the mo- this is the episode where Finn said, fuck that, I want to be a hero. Finn allowed herself 
to be more than what she was told yeah. she was meant to be. And it's funny because it's tr- because of Margot that she's done it. Also, something I found interesting about uh, Finn's outfit is comparing it to Margot's. Finn's, the cut of her jacket mm-hmm. has got a longer a longer train mm-hmm. than Margot's does. Mm. Which is kind of a royal-ish. Yeah, it's kind of royal-ish, and it goes back to a lot of that uh, femininity that mm-hmm. Finn because again even Margot as much as Margot is I'm the badass feminist when she goes into battle with Elliot when Elliot is uh, fighting daddy Idri Idri I only know him as daddy sorry okay so it's fine daddy Idri she wears blue yeah she wears a lot of blues and blacks and she never brings in traditionally feminine colors mm-hmm uh, Finn does because Margot is very spoken about feminism and Finn understands it in a way outside of words. Well, I think uh, Margot had to be like that because of her brand. She was a destroyer. Yeah. And I'd be sur- she- I'd be I'd be interested to see like Margot now that she's the creator in season five. If her wardrobe change. So it starts with uh, Finn um, throwing a knife at Margot. <laughs> Dude, you think that she she missed on purpose? Because we know Finn is precise with knives. I think it was a warning shot. Oh, I love that. And I don't think Margot... I don't think she wants to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Even if she didn't know it was Margot, I don't think Finn wants to kill anyone. But she wants to let them know that she could. And I I love how Margot was like, oh holy shit. Like she was surprised by that move and um and then uh she's gonna call Margot out on the fact that this is my quest. Why are you hijacking it? Is it because of Josh? And and Margot is like, Don't accuse me to catch feeling. She never said that first. But Fanny's is like, Okay, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about you again. She doesn't Trust Finn to do it on her own. You think it's trust and it's not uh, running. I think it's running. I think it's running away. I mean, yeah, I I think it's also just being selfish and assuming it's all about her. Yeah, I think she made an excuse to go with Finn because she's her girlfriend. But uh, and if she was at the castle, she would be alone with Josh, and that would be awkward. And I, I think, I think if Elliot would have been there, or Quentin, or whoever, she would have stayed in the castle. Uh, but and then they arrive at the at the cottage, and Margot from the beginning has doubt. Why do you think from the beginning she has doubts? And if she even like like called her out the moment she's like, oh, I have a vision, blah blah blah. And have you ever seen those on TV psychics? We don't have them here. Well, isn't Canada just better than us? No, we used to. We just don't have them anymore. Well, like Sylvia Brown. <laughs> Fuck Sylvia Brown. Okay. Uh, she told a woman who was kidnapped, she told that woman's mother that she, the girl was dead. Oh my god. Yeah. Amanda Berry. She said Amanda Berry was dead. Amanda Berry was found 10 years later. Oh my god. Alive. So. Fuck Sylvia Brown. I think um, Margot has probably seen these on TV psychics and knows their cons and knows how they... She cons, so she know how to 
Yeah, and one of the major cons of on TV psychics is vague statements. Yeah. Like I could be like you've you've lost someone close to you. Everyone has lost someone close to them. That's a universal truth that means nothing. You can pretend to be a psychic anytime. And that's the thing, like we know that Fen is smart. Why is she so gullible? I think Fen allowed herself to believe and be gullible because Margot is there. I think she would have been more smart if Margot wasn't there. I think part of it is Margot has is hijacking her quest. And Margot is saying, well, this isn't it. So Finn's like, no, you know what? This okay. has to be it. Because I don't want you to be right. I want to prove that I can do things. So she's basically, even if she might have, like, even if her instinct might have kicked in at one point, she's not allowing this, this instinct because Margot's there. Double down on it. Yeah. Um, but she impresses Margot in little ways that she doesn't... Yeah. Like uh, the karate uh, kid. The karate kid. And you can see like how proud Margot a fan is. And and how like a fan, uh, Margot is like, huh. And also I love the, seeing them doing domestic things. I, I also like when Finn brings up the karate kid, Margot's like, when did you have time to watch that? Because it shows Margot doesn't know everything about Finn like she thinks she does. Yeah, she doesn't know what happened to Finn on Earth, and I'm pr- pr- I'm pretty sure she never inquired. Yeah, uh, Finn and Julia had movie... No, let's be honest. Finn and Todd had movie night. Yeah, it's Finn and Todd. Let's be Todd honest. said, you haven't seen Karate Kid? We're gonna watch that after we finish watching Star Wars. Yeah, basically. <gasps> Finn is a Jedi. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know what you're drawing later. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, Margot is going to push uh, the the cat lady in the weed. And I love that uh, one of, I think it's my favorite uh, Philorian curse, which is Ember's Ball. Yes. Um, but the moment uh, Fen, uh, Margot say, oh, she's a fraud, Fen doesn't need it to be told twice. I like that Margot gave Fen the shears. Yes. And kind of immediately regretted that decision because she's like, oh, Margot or Finn might actually stab this person. I forgot. She loves stabbing. It's also a kind of like a, I'm going to give you power over this. It is. And then she admits she underestimated Finn. And Finn, yeah, yeah, I know. And I, I love this uh, sentence. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, this is what I've been talking about this for like three weeks, Margot. Like, it, I think. Margot is where Elliot was in season three. Like uh, when yeah. when uh, she come back and she say like you're stuck with me, I'm stuck with you. Elliot understood. Okay, I'm underestimating her, and after that, like included her in the elections and everything. Margot, she was still the little Florian until then. And Margot seems to forget that Finn was king for a while. Oh, she handled the kingdom, yeah. She was fine. And um and then they I'm gonna put that in quotation, come back in the castle and Finn know it's wrong because Margot is nice and wanna marry Josh. In her dreams, Margot respects her. And in um season five, Elliot is like, uh, how do you know this is not a dream? And say, and she said, In my dream you're nice to me. Yeah. 
<sighs> yeah, so, uh, guys, if someone's if someone's dream version of you is that you're in decent, you give them the bare minimum human decency. Hashtag justice for Finn. Um, <laughs> also, she okay. say like, oh, uh, uh, Margot gave me ambient. I might never I wake up. Can we change that the the tagline ambient's uh, uh, slogan to ambient? I may I never wake, never wake up. up. Um, but I will do things while I'm asleep. <laughs> and for a long time, I just even wrote that, and I I just answered myself, um, why did. Uh, the Napster told Fan the prophecy, and I think the Napster saw the forthcoming of the word exploding, and she needed uh, Fan on the throne because she know Margot will not handle it well. Yeah. Also, Fan almost gives up her destiny for Margot. Yeah. There's a, and that the line that um is like I want to get tattooed on my face is uh, do you value yourself I have to don't I because she says yeah yeah I think I think no and like you can see fans heartbreak in like a sad smile and then she say I have to don't I and then this is it's the moment when fans say oh to be a hero I have to value myself you could get like the outline of a knife And on one side, it's the, do you value yourself? On the other side, I have to, don't I? Oh, yes. I know, Ben. But I just I just feel that this is important to understand that, like, Finn was doing all those steps to choose her destiny. In the end, she have, in the end, you have to trust yourself to become a hero. And she becomes one in season five when she say, like, fuck you, I'm not telling you how to destroy my world. And now that we're... That's what I had on my notes. Did you have anything more on your notes? The last one I had was Fillory was always meant to be Finn's. We, I think we were talking about that. Uh, it was always... Finn always sacrificed herself for Fillory. But it, it's, it's bigger than that, too, because she later, you know, gives birth to Fillory. Mm-hmm. And her destiny has always been... Fillory. I'm just wondering, did the Napsters saw that Margot needed to be out of the throne to get the axes to liberate Elliot to be able to get the the to the uh, Dark King, or did did the Napsters saw Fena being the throne because she's gonna be able to leave Fillory when it's needed and jump 300 years? I think it's it's different destinies. That's why she could either tell her Margot's destiny or Margot's destiny would be that she needed the the destinies are the same. It doesn't matter if the Napster told her Margot's destiny or if she told her it was Finn's destiny. Oh my destiny. god, you're right. That's, that's why she she offered. Do you want to know your destiny or do you want to know Margot's destiny? It wasn't about which destiny. It was about whether or not Finn believed in herself. It's about the choice, not the answer. And. Finn needed to believe in herself for her destiny. She needed to choose herself. Brain exploding. Ah, uh, holy shit. Uh, emotions. I have so many of them. Um, I feel like I just licked an egg. <laughs> um, are you ready to move to Lecture Divina? 
Oh, I always forget that we do this part. <laughs> so just a quick reminder, it's a practice where uh, there is four step. We read into the text and try to find uh, how it makes us better and how it makes the text better. So I have the old script here and I'm just uh, uh, scrolling up and down and tell me when to stop. For the record, guys, I'm really bad at this. I always pick a bad line. Stop. <laughs> Why do I want to lick this egg? <laughs> we got... I told you guys! I told you I'm bad at this! No, this is perfect! The more absurd... Oh my god, I love this! Why do I want... Okay! I, I always land on the weirdest fucking lines! <laughs> I think that's my favorite one yet. So, uh, step one is... What is literally happening in this sentence? Penny wanna lick an egg! Yeah, he wanna lick a dragon egg! Second step, allegory. What does it remind you? Of being ADHD and wanting to put things in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, the story like. Um, oh, I always get those parts confused. In a story? Uh, allegory, what does it remind you in a story? Why do I want to lick this egg? I don't know why. But this is the only thing that came to my mind. It's empty. And the fact that it was never mentioned that he was an egg. Why do I want this man to be an egg? No, but like, truly, it was never mentioned. No, oh. we, just, we just decided collectively, yeah, that's an egg. That's what eggs do. Yeah, because uh, a man exploding, getting out of... Uh, Falling from a balcony is less traumatizing. Um, also, who put those horses in charge of putting them back together again? Like, like, well, all the men couldn't. Eh, let the horses try. <laughs> uh, what about you? What the story does it make you? You can have none if you have none. There's something in my brain somewhere that I'm thinking of. Oh, I have another story after that. Okay, you go because I'm trying to think of what it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's a story. Yeah, it's it's Russian, and it says uh, the 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 deathless is she the deathless, and it's uh it's sold maybe hidden in the needle that is hidden inside an egg that is carried by a duck that flies uh, away whenever with someone tries to catch it. And I don't know. It reminds me that this idea of like hiding something inside something inside something. That's where my brain went. I can see that. Still haven't found yours? I know it's there somewhere. I'll remember it in three days. Well, if ever uh, Jasper texts me the answer, I will put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, I wish. Uh, third step, what does it remind you in your life? And the sentence is, why do I want to lick this egg? Honestly, when I'm... You know, sometimes I'm doing something and I don't know why I'm doing it, but I know that I have, like, filing, like, taxes. I don't know why I'm doing it. All I know is I have to do it. Yeah. Or an OCD trait, actually. It's more like OCD where I'm like, I have to do this. Why? I don't know. My, um, my depression and my anxiety disorder make me dissociate a lot. And sometimes I, I spend days without, like, actually... on remembering what I did I just lived my life and um it happened more than once lately that I'm like either cooking or um uh well yeah I think that's why I'm thinking about that is uh, I was cooking an egg and I was just like what 
what am I doing? <laughs> like yeah, I, I came yeah, back to myself. That thing where like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I have to. Uh, Jasper and I call it being shadeless when we don't um, feel ourselves, And it felt like my, my, my shade came back and I was like, Oh, I'm going to finish cook that egg now. <laughs> so uh, what do you feel called for? Why do I want to lick this egg? I want to lick an egg. We should all <laughs> lick an egg. I, honestly, it made me want to read back the, the Koshe, um folklore. It's a really good story. But um, maybe try to be more aware of when we have, like when you have your ADHD phase or when I have my dissociative phase of like, like being more, more grounded in my body. So, uh, yeah, let's try to um, be more aware of when it happened so we can ground ourselves more. I think it's easy to say, oh, I'm like that, but being aware of it is part of the cure. John says we can't accept our, our faults as personality traits. Exactly. Um, and before we leave, let's do the vase and the flower, which is an expression my grandma used to say, saying you cannot uh, give the vase and the flower at the same time. You cannot give a back-ended compliment, such as, you look good, Pete. <laughs> I like how that's a back-ended compliment. You look good, Pete. That's, <laughs> that, that's it. That's the bad thing. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's, uh, let's give the, the vase so we finish on a good thing. Uh, who do you want to give your vase to? I want to give my vase to Poppy because you're a fucking dragon obsessed porn reading, dragon porn reading liar. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you just left your porn laying out. You don't do that. You put your porn away. But it's her book. She, in a she, folder titled Schoolwork. She probably uh, put it so people will read because it's her book. Um, I'm going to give my vase to Margot to try to hijack Fen. For once, Fen was trying to step up and Margot tried to push her down. And this is not what feminism is. Yeah. Margot is very vocal about feminism until it comes to Fenism. Feminism. 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 <laughs> uh, and who, who gets your flower? Who gets my flower? Um, I think my flower is going to go to Penny. Oh, okay. For being the one person to tell Julia... You know, I care about you as Julia, not as how useful you are. Mm -hmm. Because that's, it's a very small thing, but it's a very important thing. Yeah. To have someone care about you and not what you do. Yes. My my flower will be so easy. Fan! Yes? Um... <laughs> but I'm gonna like we know why I want to give it to Finn I'm, I'm so proud of her but blah 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 so I'm gonna try like Finn has the overall bouquet but I'm gonna try to give another one because uh, um, I've been praising no, Finn Finn was a, it really deserved it this episode she yeah. really stepped into her own she didn't let Margot that's true push her down I, I'm just I'm just so proud of her to say I have to don't I yeah 
it, and it's also such a big thing to me because she has so much respect for Margot. Yeah. That to say, to not listen to someone you have respect for and to trust yourself is huge. You're right. Yeah, Margot, uh, not Margot, Fenn deserved the whole bouquet. And this time I won't be shy about it. God damn it. I'm going to defend Kat's choice. Yay, Fenn! Um... <laughs> So, oh, Finn, I, I want to see a Finn and Marina team up. <laughs> oh my god, you want people dying? Um, yes. <laughs> well, we kind of see one in season five with the heist. We don't see Finn teaching Marina how to throw knives. That's fair. It's okay. I'm okay with that too. I feel like Marina would respect Finn. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. So, next episode, I'm just going to stop the podcast. Let's say a goodbye. So, that was it, guys. Uh, I hope our benevolent robot overlord uh, liked the episode. I did. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, have a good day. Bye. I love you. <laughs>